Vitamin C has evolved. Ultriant Vitamin C is a cutting-edge liposomal liquid food supplement designed for maximized absorption. Discover Ultriant Liposomal Vitamin C and receive 10% discount by quoting HR10 at AbundanceAndHealth.com. Hi, this is Steve Roost and you're listening to Health Tech Hour on UK Health Radio. Each week, we give you the best news, views, and interviews from the health technology world. From CEOs and founders to entrepreneurs and clinicians, the companies and people that are shaping the future face of healthcare. All on the world's number one talk health radio. Hello and welcome to Health Tech Hour on UK Health Radio. My name is Steve Roost and each week we bring you the best news, views and interviews with the leaders, founders and clinicians who are shaping the face of the health tech revolution in the UK and beyond. I am a founder and CEO of a health tech company myself and I am passionate about the people and companies who are changing the world. Before I introduce this week's guest, as always, I'd like to remind you to please follow us on social media. It's at Health Tech Hour. And also please follow UK Health Radio, which is at UK Health Radio to stay on top of all of the great content that's coming up on the station. So on to the day guest, Keshav Sangla. Keshav might very well be the youngest person to ever head up an AI department at a digital healthcare company anywhere in the world. He created and then has been running the AI division at Solutions for Health from the age of 21. And among other successes, their groundbreaking Stop Smoking AI called Bella just won gold at the Digital Impact Awards. We'll get into more on what Solutions for Health is all about. But at a basic level, they're delivering a huge range of healthcare services across the UK. And you may very well have, have used one of their services without knowing it, as they provide um, a lot of the services on the ground at local authority level. Their focus is heavily geared on personal well-being and Keshev has been pushing the use of AI to help deliver more services more efficiently to people across the UK to help people live healthier lives. I know people throw around the word AI quite a bit, um, and we're going to get Kesh to give us a bit of an explanation of it all and kind of break it down a little bit and specifically how it relates to healthcare. But first of all, um, Keshav, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks, Steve. I'm, I'm great. Um, thank you for having me on. How are you? Very good, you know, very good. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good. The sun is shining. Spring is sprung yeah, slightly. Yeah. So I ask everyone this on the show. How have you been handling dealing with the pandemic? What's the kind of mood in the camp? Yeah, so um, I think it's been quite quite mixed, um, to be honest. I know there are some people who are very comfortable with, with working from home and uh, others um, can't wait really to get to get back in the office. Uh, personally, uh, you know, when, when I reflect, I think it's uh, crazy that we, we would travel hours for a meeting considering how much we can get done um, remotely now. Um, but how, how about yourself? How, how are you finding it? Yeah, the same. I think that there's, it's, it's been, um, yeah, it's been a bit of a revelation about how much people can get done without the need to travel. And yeah. um, I think that, like, you know, I'm quite a social person, so I'm quite looking forward to going back into the lab, to our lab, which is in Cambridge, you know, where, where PocDoc's developing a range of blood tests that you can do with your smartphone for cardiovascular disease and diabetes. 
you know, as well as doing all of the COVID-19 work that we're mm. doing. So, you know, it's been it's it's been, you know, tough to not be able to go in there and be with some of the people that we've got working for us and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but look, it's all in the greater good. And what has been, I mean, we, we, you know, we had our, we had a baby actually in, in November. Oh, so, what's, um, you know, I think what's been interesting, yeah, what's been interesting of um, during the time, I don't know whether you felt the same thing, but the, um, but the world's changed. I mean, before COVID, you know, there was a bit of a stigma about children running into work calls and, you know, yeah. you know, all that type of stuff. Whereas now that's just like gone. I mean, our kid, our new baby's been on, goodness knows how many, how many work calls. <laughs> nice no no absolutely I think we've, we've all managed to kind of connect a little bit more deeply um kind of obviously you're inside each other's kind of homes and, and rooms and um yeah definitely it's 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 been uh it's been very interesting yeah and from you from you and your team have they been comfortable working remotely has that been okay I mean because I imagine you're you're very geared around the digital world anyway so you know given, yeah given your subject matter yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a bit of a mix to be honest. So our kind of our technical colleagues are are really happy. They're, they're always working kind of remotely anyway. They're you know very comfortable um, working from home. Um, some of our kind of public health colleagues are are, are more keen to uh, to get back in the office and and kind of be around um, people again. I, I know obviously our colleagues who've had who've had children and they've needed to kind of put up with homeschooling. Uh, that's been a a, a little challenging, um, but uh, obviously schools are back, so they're a lot happier now. <laughs> So uh, as regular listeners will know, the show, generally we do the show in three parts, which I know we talked about before, but just to remind you and everybody, the first part is more of an origins kind of thing. So where did you, how did you get to be doing what you're doing? The, the middle part is what you're doing right now, which is changing the world of, of healthcare specifically. And then the final bit is what's coming in the future. And then, you know, whether or not we want to kick around a few additional topics if we've got, if we've got mm. some time. But actually what I'd like to do to start with um, you know, before we get into your story, I want to take a step back and just cover off some basic explanations, if that's okay. Okay, with you. yeah, yeah. Just so we can kind of set the groundwork before, yeah. you know, we dive into all of these things. And then, you know, we have lots of kind of terminology flying around. So when people talk about, or what, what do you believe is meant? Or what do you mean when you talk about AI, so artificial intelligence? What, what does that mean to you? And what do you think it generally should mean to people? Yeah, so um, kind of artificial intelligence, um, obviously, has captured the imagination of, of a lot of people um, now, and, and it's always it's been around for a, for a long time. Um, but um, recently, the the advances in um, kind of computational um, power and and um, uh, the, the data that we have, I think something like ninety eight percent of of data has been created in the last um, two years, which is which is wow. incredible. Um, and so, yeah, so there's um, kind of um, get some uh, to kind of um, frame this in, in some definition. So um, when people talk about AI, there's um, strong um, AI or, or general AI, um, which um, we haven't got to to yet. That's um, kind of um, the the, the um, human being um, equivalent. Um, you know what we've probably seen in in, in sci-fi movies and and stuff. Um, and that's probably a, a little bit um, off that. Um, but then there's um, kind of narrow AI. Um, that is um, domain focused. Um, that's um, you know uh, uh, algorithms used for for a particular task. Um, we can see it sometimes in it's, it's, it's everywhere really. On on you know if you if you watch Netflix kind of recommendation algorithms on on Amazon on on Facebook, um, it's it's really everywhere. Um, so there's there's um, even within kind of the the space of, of narrow AI, 
um, there's a, a, a range of um, kind of complexity on, on that on that landscape. Um, you can get um, for some kind of conversational AI, you can get um, flow based um, kind of systems. Um, which a lot of people use use the term uh, rule based systems, which I'm, I'm not kind of particularly keen on because essentially everything is rules, right? Everything has to kind of fit in, into the into the laws of physics. So um, there, there's there's flow based systems, um, and that's kind of mainly script driven. Um, and you still use this natural language processing to be able to um, understand what someone's saying so they can speak freely and, and the computer um, can give a, a response. Um, and then there's more kind of complex intent-based systems. So that essentially tries to work out um, the intention behind um, what a person's saying. Um, and that then in, in the landscape of, of intent-based systems, there's varying complexity. So it could just be from, um, I want to buy shoes. So the computer knows, okay, this person's you know, show them results for, for footwear and they're, they're looking to, to make an um, a e-commerce decision. Um, and in some cases, like what we're doing and what we're using, it's a bit more complex where you're really trying to learn about a um, person's behavior and, and what drives them um, <clears throat> and, and what else kind of their, their, their um, interests and their intentions are. Um, you know, people are, are complex and um, uh, behavior, is, is behavior changes in an extremely complex area. So uh, that's, a, that's a quick, Kind of good. Well, I've got some. I've got some follow-up questions. Yeah. Don't you worry. So, yeah. um, with so, what I guess one of the questions I have is when does where, where's that boundary between basically a decision tree which you can mm. program, which says, well, if the user says this, do this, and if mm. they say that, do that, which I don't think anyone would really class as kind of artificial intelligence. That's being sort of that's almost like a pre-programmed question response question response where's the boundary that for you between something like that and what you might call narrow AI, whereby, you know, for like within, you know, your, your products were doing it within smoking, but within a particular category, what, what, where does that boundary sit? Yeah. So um, really a lot of those kind of um, more simple um, structures, I think some developers might be um, still keen to call it AI because of the, the natural language processing involved, but it's certainly far less complex um, than, than other systems. And they tend to kind of be uh, flow-based systems where um, there's, a, there's a script that, that's followed and, and the AI kind of follows that, um, like you mentioned there. Um, and then there's kind of other base systems. These are, uh, I, I guess, the, the, where I draw the line where the, the kind of complexity starts to increase are, are when there's intent-based systems. Um, okay. And um, that essentially then tries to kind of analyze um, and understand um, a user's intentions. You know, things like a sentiment analysis um, is done. There's um, a, some sort of kind of declarative memory from from the conversational AI. So they remember what what you've said. Um, so if you're if you're talking about you know, um, let, let's take the e-commerce example, for instance. So you said you wanted to kind of look for look for shoes, and and let's say you've already told the AI that you don't like, I uh, don't know, the, the color the color red. Um, so then the AI will know maybe we're not going to show this person um, red shoes. Um, okay. So um, red shoes just uh, red shoes are quite cool actually. But the red color yeah. is not the critical. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and, and even kind of on 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 that, there's there's varying complexity. So um, you know, um, certain kind of um, conversational AI can have um, uh, many many more intents. So it can it can be a, a lot more complex than just understanding what a person wants to buy. It could be you know, what um, drives a person, what, what, what else they're interested in, um, what they've um, already said before about what's challenging to them um, and how that kind of relates 
to some sort of framework of, of behavior change moving forward. Is there, is, is there a difference? Is there a differential here between systems that improve, the, by definition, improve with every usage? So they kind of, in, in, I mean, everyone that, well, not everyone, but a lot of people probably would have seen some of the Netflix documentaries about Facebook and, you know, Instagram and how their algorithms effectively keep on mm. almost like improving what they know about you based on the more information that you provide them with. So the more the things you click on, the more intelligent they get about showing you more things that you're going to click on that kind of self-improvement basis. Is that a differential? Because there are some systems presumably that just don't have that element to them. Oh, yeah, definitely. So there's um, the space of machine learning where um, essentially a kind of process of backpropagation happens when the, the um, kind of whatever system is, is learning. So um, essentially there's um, kind of you have, a, you have an input layer and then you have a, a kind of a hidden layer. And, and in the hidden layer, there's a, a lot of the calculations um, that, that happen. Um, and essentially those kind of calculations are, are readjusted in the, in the process of, of backpropagation. Uh, and that is the, the kind of learning. Um, so, for example, if um, we find out uh, many more people like a, a certain type of movie or, or um, a book or, 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 or TV show, um, then they'd be kind of recommended um, uh, those stuff. So, it, yeah, um, it is uh, certainly so it's, it's, it's a kind of wide, complex, complex area. I think the the most important thing, really, and, and this is um, something I, I kind of talk to other kind of um, um, leaders about when they're when they're installing AI, is is really not to focus too much on on the technology itself but on on what you actually want to do um, and then you focus on your kind of goals right if, if ai is a solution what's the problem um and you you kind of start off at, at that problem and then you try to pick the most kind of elegant or appropriate algorithm um to be able to to do that so yeah okay. it's, it's... well that that brings me on neatly to my next question actually it was almost like we prepped this uh, <laughs> um, why do you believe that that ai is such a valuable asset mm. within healthcare or to, 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 in order to deliver services healthcare services yeah so um really i think if you if you kind of start at that at that problem where you notice um the terrific job that, that clinicians and, and humans do it really kind of is um monumental in terms of of impact um right the, the job that just one clinician or wellness coach does um uh, doesn't change the world but it does change the client's world um, and has a you know a, a really incredible impact, um, and we know from from kind of evidence that um, a human being talking to another human being in the context of behaviour change really is uh, the gold standard. That's the kind of best way of of um, uh, doing behaviour change. The, the, most effect, the most effective, yeah. the most likely to to lead to long term change. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, then, obviously, we we can notice the the advances in, in AI and, and and see how we can kind of utilise that. Um, to to mimic a lot of what um, human beings do and um, what is effective um, and provide a support there. This isn't really a case of, of replacing human beings. I think that is near enough impossible. Um, but it is um, a case of of empowering um, not only um, a patients who, who want to seek um, better better care, but also um, healthcare professionals who um, are stretched. Their their busy resources are are tight, um, and um, being able to kind of provide a, a robot who could who could support them. And, and be able to kind of take up, take off a, a lot of the kind of stresses and strains of their daily um, activities is, is quite important. Um, and it's not just the kind of conversational AI. There's, there's um, you know, AI used in, in um, uh, many other ways, um, you know, for example, kind of recommendation systems and I'm um, in diagnosis. Um, so these are all kind of 
really important tools to be able to not only um, reduce the burden on, on healthcare professionals, um, but to be able to actually provide better care and, and better support to, to um, uh, patients. So for you, is it there's a there's a there's a range of problems where AI can help within healthcare. Some mm. are on the well-being end, where it may be more around. It sounds like you think it's more around um, creating more capacity mm. in the system. You know, to for it, it, each AI-based interaction might not be necessarily as effective, but you, it's far more scalable than hiring more clinicians. Is that what kind yeah, of what, yeah. that end of things? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's also um, trying to engage with, with people who, who wouldn't you know, normally engage with the traditional service. Um, uh, there's a kind of a, a lot of um, a background issues that, that people can face when they go and, and speak to a person. Um, right. They can be um, for a lot of people. Sometimes they, they can be too um, socially anxious to go and, and see a person and talk about their problems. Um, they could fear um, judgment or, or shame. Um, and those kind of things disappear when you're when you're still having the um, uh, conversation and you're still having the kind of interaction um, with with uh, a robot that a, a person would would kind of go through. Um, but of course, you know the, the the kind of judgment and all of that that disappears. Okay. So let's take it. Let's move to you. So how did you get interested in this whole area? Because you got into it at a fairly young age. Like <laughs> I said, at 21, you were kind of running the department at, at Solutions for Health. So how, how did it kind of, what was your kind of your sort of personal journey to this space? Yeah. So, um, well, I've, I've always been um, kind of interested in, in technology and, and philosophy, really, not um, kind of theology or, or semantic philosophy, more questions around eudaimonia and, and flourishing and, and what it means for, for one to live a, a good life. Um, and when I was, when I was growing up, um, we, you know, there was social media was emerging and, and Facebook was growing and, and the iPhone was out. Um, and so there was a, a lot of stuff. It was an interesting period um, growing up. Um, I mean, was that, was that the same kind of similar experience for you or had you really, really grown up for the domination of our latest? Well, I mean, I, I got my first phone when I was 16. You know, oh, okay. and it was a it was a nice it was a nice Ericsson flip phone yeah. that that just about managed to do text messages. So yeah. I kind of Facebook sort of really got going towards the end of when I was at university. Mm. You know, so I sort of I definitely missed it through school. It didn't exist mm. through school, um, but yeah, I can you know it's sort of the last I don't know I think the last sort of five to ten years have been you know an explosion in oh yeah in this technology and also in its application within within health. Um, you know, that's one of the, the, the kind of um, improvement of smartphone technology and smartphone cameras and processing power. And that was one of the reasons why we started PocTok was because mm. suddenly these smartphones were capable of providing images that with, with enough precision, enough pixels, enough resolution that you can start to make image based analysis analyses using them, which is sort of the core of what we do. So, yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's, that's uh, really interesting. And, and... So essentially kind of the my, my curiosity around um, the questions of flourishing and how we can direct society uh, di- direct technology to improve um, societal well-being really has been a kind of a key driver and, and then at the age of um, at the age of 20 um, uh, so I'll introduce solutions for health so solutions for health um, uh, of course uh, my my um, parents uh, Keisha and Lena founded that in in 2008 um, and that's um, kind of grown we've grown now from initially providing uh, stop smoking services um, to having uh, over 600 uh, brilliant staff providing a, a range of, of clinical lifestyle and social care services 
uh, including you know, stop smoking, uh, weight management services, public health nursing, uh, sexual health um, services, and, and most recently the uh, COVID-19 um, lateral flow testing. Um, so solutions to health are, are mainly a, a kind of CQC regulated provider of, of healthcare services. Um, at the age of- and, and, and you do that directly to consumer, but also widespread. You, 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 you actually provide the services for NHS local authorities across yeah. the UK. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah. So uh, mainly a, a kind of um, a main provider of healthcare services. Um, and then um, at the age of 20, um, I'm Keyshaw, that CEO um, said uh, I was actually going to, you know, go somewhere else. And he said, no, no, don't don't do that. Um, why don't you um, join me and, and build a, a robot stop smoking advisor? I said, what a ro- robot stop smoking advisor? That's obviously believed enough in my technical abilities to be able to execute this. And I thought, I mean, we had a we had a we had a discussion about kind of reducing and, and tightening public health budgets and okay. and the need for um, a, a scalable and evidence based um, service. And, and of mm-hmm. course, uh, Solutions for Health um, have been providing um, stop smoking services for. Uh, more than a decade so um we had right. a, kind of amassed a, a lot of kind of data and insights um as well as our 200 stop smoking advisors um and so we, we knew kind of how to help someone quit smoking and, and, and doing that um for a long time so um really it was a a case of uh kind of getting on getting on with it and, and, and building it i mean um you know Keisha obviously you know believed uh, this i could do this and it was it was a good idea um, he believed me. I'm, I'm not sure many other people did, to be honest. I, I remember the <laughs> I, I remember the most the most uh, common thing I was I was told while at the start of at the start of the project was, Kesh, you know, even if this doesn't work out, we we still believe in you, which I'm not sure was a, a compliment. Yeah, it's honest. like a backhanded compliment. That <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. But and to be honest, it was actually for probably good reason that there was nothing like um, a, a behavior change robot out there, you know. A lot of the the kind of and still is a lot of the conversational AI like we were talking about earlier is, is kind of flow based and um, still very kind of. When you say flow based, just so everyone kind of understands, you, do you mean almost like a bit question and answer? So that the the, the the AI has a when you say something, it has a series of almost pre-programmed responses. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely correct. And I'm also kind of um, other conversational AIs weren't ever trying to engage in a in a sort of deep and, and serious way with a, with a user to to try to change their behavior to learn more about them um it was a case you know um you know um to show kind of uh shop closing and opening times or, or to kind of deal with a complaint um um so um yeah it was yeah exactly so it was, it was um completely different um and you know kind of even um as we were building this experts um very smart people would, were, were advising um us that you know this this might be technically a bit Kind of too challenging you might not really be able to create uh yeah and what yeah. were those were those challenges because you were trying to make it in a different way so were you trying to make it in a free text kind of way or what was the challenge yeah it, exactly really so we we um, have an open text box on, on on bella which really means um people can say whatever they want and of course bella asks very um kind of open-ended questions like why do you want to quit smoking and, and, and how are you feeling about the next week and, and what challenges have you gone through? These are kind of questions that, that can really elicit any sort of answer from, from a user. Um, and um, the kind of the advice was that how on earth are you going to manage this, right? You know, you know and, and, and why don't you just give kind of pre-selected options for the user to pick from? 
Um, but of course, when you're trying to build a behavior change robot, you know, you, you need to be able to ask these kind of open-ended questions because if someone wants to quit smoking for financial reasons compared to health reasons, the, the, the journey and the conversation um, and the advice and support they need is, is completely different. Um, if, if they've um, uh, had, a, had a, you know, if someone smokes a, a pack of cigarettes a day um, and they've gone, you know, two days without smoking, that is an incredible, incredible achievement. achievement. Yeah. And, and someone who's who maybe only smoke socially going, you know, two days without a cigarette is probably, you know, a little bit easier for them. Um, yeah. So, you know, being able to kind of provide and this is what human being with human advisors do. Um, you know, um, being able to kind of um, personalize um, the the evidence base. And when, I'm, when yeah. I talk, about, sorry, yeah. So on. no, I was going to say humans can kind of parse that stuff instantly, right? Yeah. You don't need to kind of explain it, right? So trying to mimic that must be extremely hard. In a, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, absolutely. It was it was um, you know, very very kind of challenging, um, kind of enormously challenging to to build because there's kind of all, all uh, the things that that human advisors um, do, like you know. Um, normative feedback, which is essentially, you know, they've uh, a client has done something or um, said something or kind of reflected upon something, um, and then the advisor there needs to kind of give them feedback in the context of their um, a goal and, and their journey. Um, and then there's things like identity change, you know, to trying to get um, people to to think of themselves as a as an ex-smoker or as a non-smoker rather than trying to um, uh, thinking about themselves as someone who's who's giving up and and who, who hasn't smoked for a couple of days. Um, and well, of course, you know, human beings are still, you know, the, the best at doing that. Um, and, you know, AI is um, still improving. Um, but it was, yeah, extremely kind of complex to, to sum it up, really kind of sum that period up. Um, I, I was um, talking to our BDM at, at, at Microsoft. Um, and of course, we can't do this stuff on our own. So we work closely with, with Microsoft. And um, I remember it was a it was a pretty standard conversation and and uh, at the end um i remember this because it was a day before my birthday and, and he said um kesh are you going to be free on the on the 24th of may and i said oh i don't know maybe what, what's up and he goes well um uh, satchi nadella's in, in in london and he wants to have a round table with people doing interesting things on Azure." So I was like, yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll be we'll just, be free. Yeah. Just so just so everyone knows who, who just who who is Sachin. Satch is a CEO of, of Microsoft. Right. The um, CEO yeah. of Microsoft was C- in town and wanted to talk yeah. about your app. Exactly, exactly. He was, uh, he was having a round table with, with kind of others doing interesting things on, on Azure. So, um, yeah, no, you know, um, since then, really, we've, we've um, had a, a good relationship with Microsoft. We've kind of, um, uh, yeah, and, and Quip with Bella's grown. You know, it's, it's in um, uh, 15, 16 local, local authorities. And in some areas, it's empowering the, the stop smoking service and in other areas for example birmingham um it is the, the stop smoking service we've linked in with with pharmacies there too um and yeah so kind of you know that that essentially became the start of the the ai innovations um division and and as that um as kind of quickly better grew I, I started to um become more more active on the ai scene so i was kind of speaking at events and advising um uh, smes on, on implementing their own ai strategies um, so yeah, it was it was it was interesting. I, I mean, you know, we we spent um, a long time, you know, smashing through brick walls, and and after a while, you notice where the doors are. So you know, <laughs> kind of pointing that way out. To put yeah. it. So when 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 you first, because obviously as a as solutions for help, up until you know this this app was purely face to face, right? I mean, yeah, very traditional healthcare provision. Um, you know, very impressive, scaled very, very nicely across the UK. But were there people in the organization 
who thought that it was the wrong move, that it wasn't necessary or that it wouldn't succeed? Like, what was the reaction on the ground when, you know, people were talking about this project? Yeah, so <laughs> I think uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure they, they might have said we didn't think it was going to work. I think it was more kind of um, uh, initially, especially uh, people around me, was it was a it was a disbelief that that um, we th- th- this this would become, you know, something that's important and would actually, you know, shape um, uh, 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 delivery, not only for kind of ourselves, but of course, for, for local authorities and, and start kind of thinking about how we could. Um, actually um, change delivery to be more effective and to, and to reach out to more people um, so you know it was um, it was a, it was it was a genius idea from from Keyshaw and I think not only was the idea genius but um, you know get, getting your it's, it's a great way to kind of manage manage costs when you get your son to execute it yeah I can see what that I mean I keep it in the <laughs> keep it in the family and keep costs low um, so what what with the um when you, because obviously there's sometimes you, you said that Bella is sometimes used as the service mm. or sometimes it's an additional, but like on an individual basis, maybe just talk me through or talk everyone through. I'm, I'm a smoker. I want to quit. I live in Birmingham. Mm. What happens? Yeah. Yeah. So um, for instance, in, in Birmingham, um, the, the uh, uh, kind of local authority also um, commissions out GPs and, and, and pharmacies, um, but there's no kind of, uh, actual like stop smoking service and in other areas there's a, a kind of dedicated physical stop smoking service um and in in birmingham essentially um a user can get referred to equip uh, with bella um and then when they're okay. on quit, yeah when, they're, when they they're can on, be referred by their gp they can um, be referred by their, their gp or, or or their or their pharmacist or okay. also um we do a kind of a lot of pro- promotion of, of quit with bella anyway in in, okay. in birmingham um, so they can find it. Most people, to be honest, find it actually through kind of social media. So it's um, okay. they're already on their phone. They're probably not that interested in, in going and, and seeing, especially during COVID, going and actually seeing yep. a, a physical um, a person for, for, for support. Um, so they kind of come across um, Quit With Bella. And, and once they download it, so um, we always kind of localize the experience for each for each city or town. Um, so um, they'll go in that we, we'll, we'll know they're in we'll, we'll know they're in Birmingham um, and in Birmingham, we've, we've linked in. Um, with with the pharmacies to be able to provide the pharmacotherapy support. So, um, the the pharmacotherapy support really is, uh, uh, um, you know, helps um, people to um, quit smoking kind of in a, in a in a much more effective way. I think you, you're patches. Four times. Yeah, yeah. So these could be patches, um, uh, gums, uh, lozenges. Um, so um, I think you're you're four times more likely to quit smoking if you also use medication as well as behavioural kind of um, specialist support. Um, so we, we give that option to, to people in, in, in Birmingham. They can um, uh, talk to Bella. So Bella, just like a, a human advisor, does the uh, Fagosum test for nicotine dependence. So that basically is um, learning and, and understanding how um, dependent somebody is on nicotine while asking them a series of questions. Um, you know, That's like a sign-up questionnaire so that you can baseline everyone. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of find out you know, how, you know, if they have a high, medium or, or low um, uh, dependence on, on nicotine and therefore you can recommend the most kind of appropriate uh, pharmacotherapy um, and that's what you know Bella does and then a user has the option um, to to redeem a voucher which they which gets automatically sent to a, a pharmacy in in Birmingham and they can walk up um, in that pharmacy show them the voucher um, and pick pick up their pick up their medication um, I mean that's yeah so that that's kind of in in Birmingham in, in other towns and cities um, it's, it's a little bit different we kind of link in 
the the physical stop smoking service um and it's you know advisors are also using it to kind of help more people so yeah on an ongoing basis though so i've downloaded the app i've done the questionnaire i've got the voucher you know all good what what does bella do or how do you ask people to interact with the app on an ongoing basis to talk about their progression from smoker to non-smoker yeah yeah so um bella essentially has a as a conversation um kind of similar to how um, an advisor would have a, a conversation so um once the kind of a user um sets their quit date and actually before that quite importantly they um bella and the user talk about why they they want to quit smoking um which is really important when um uh, the user does go through challenging periods in the, in the future and they kind of need to be reminded on, on why they started and why they actually want to quit um and things also, get stored in the app do they to be referred yeah. to later okay yeah, yeah. And um, also it, it kind of informs the, the journey that the user then has with, with Bella. So um, if they are, you know, wanting to quit smoking, um, for instance, um, because of an operation, sometimes mm-hmm. so in, in, in Wales, we'll be using it in a, in a clinical setting where um, doctors and nurses are, are prescribing quit with Bella to patients before they go into a hospital and, they, and before they go into an operation and they need to quit okay. smoking. Um, and um, so that that's a, a completely different context for someone who wants to make a, a long-term change um you know someone who just needs to quit because they need to go in for an operation probably isn't you know not that committed to, to staying stopped afterwards um they're doing it because their their clinician has, has told them to do it um some people are you know um, a little bit nervous about doing it right they, they might have just been told by uh, a clinician or a loved one that you know hey look smoking is terrible for you. you you should quit and they're kind of like oh okay let, let me you know try it out let me see um, yeah. And then there are those who are absolutely, you know, 100% committed. Um, you know, they they may have stopped before and they've kind of rela- relapsed, or um, they they you know are absolutely um, committed to to stopping. So all of those kind of different um, levels of motivation um, impact um, how Bella then engages um, with with the user. Um, and then okay. they go on um, to to talk about you know other aspects. Um, you know, for example, like what's coming up um, in, in their day, you know, what, what things they might does, find challenging. Does Bella, does Bella prompt them to do these things? Or are you asking, are you, are, you, are you sort of, I guess, how much are you relying on the user proactively thinking, oh, I'll talk to Bella now versus Bella saying, hey, you know, it's been two days since you opened the app. What's going on sort of thing? How do you find that balance? Yeah, so um, really we, we, we kind of, um, leave it up to the user in terms of how they want Bella to engage with them, right? Because we know kind of people are different. Some people don't want to be bothered by Bella. They, they turn notifications off. They they want to talk to Bella and they want to talk to Bella. So in the conversation, Bella will um, ask questions like, you know, um, how are the last few days or or have you got kind of, you know, upcoming challenges in the next week? Um, so it's up to the kind of user then to, to engage with Bella and, and, and talk about that. Um, and some people, um, some people love the notifications Bella sends. So Bella will send a notification saying, you know, um, Steve, how are you feeling today? Or, or um, you know, remember to smile, you know, um, remember to enjoy the, 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 the experience of becoming healthier. Um, uh, so th- there's, there's kind of different, different ways we, we do that. Okay. And why out of interest, right, did your, did your, I guess your, your father and your, your boss, why did he pick of all the services that you provide, which are yeah. so varied, and, and arguably quite a lot of them might be well suited to an AI solution. So I know you do a huge amount in well-being, in healthy eating, in exercise, mm. Mm. in cardiovascular health. You know, why, why did why did he what, what was there a particular issue or a particular opportunity 
within smoking that lent itself to this solution first? Yes. Yeah, so um, you're definitely right. You know, smoking was was the was the first um, kind of um, uh, uh, application that we that we did, um, and we'd probably, the, the, probably say that the most amount of experience with with smoking cessation, um, and also to be honest, it was a it was a kind of great place to really kind of um, get a proof of concept of being able to synthesize um, expert insight and, and data. Um, okay. as well as um, kind of uh, advances in technology. Um, but now, yeah, as, as kind of, you know, linking on to, to what, we're, what we're doing now, really, so we, we can now have a, a, a well-being suite um, and um, that kind of um, has, has something for everyone. So it covers um, the early years from 0 to 5. Um, we have something um, from ages 5 to 10. Um, we're, we're building something for, for teenagers, secondary school students from 11 to 17. Um, and then we've got, you know, um, uh, uh, healthy habit applications um, for adults too. So um, the aim is to have now um, something for everyone, really, and, and to be able to um, provide um, uh, well-being solutions um, that are holistic um, at scale. Okay. And um, I know we're going to come into some of those services a bit, bit, bit later in the show. Yeah. But wh- why did um, – was there something that happened where – you guys felt like that the, an AI would really help within smoking? Was it going back to the beginning of the show? Was it because you realized there was a need to scale services beyond what was currently available with the face-to-face opportunity? Or was it more recognition of a need to provide services um, to local authorities more efficiently? Or what was the kind of, you know, what was the background to that decision? Yeah, so um, kind of a, a bit of both, really. You know, we 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 um, still live in a time where seventy percent of smokers um, uh, who, who smoke um, want, want to quit. Um, so that's a pretty large, like pretty large number. You think about any kind of product, you know, seventy percent of, of those people using that product want to stop using that product. Um, and it's uh, yeah, and and <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. I think there's surveys done by by ash so ash are action on on tobacco um and they, i think they, they, they did some surveys in, in recent years which showed actually as kind of sm- that the smoking prevalence reduced the demand for smoking cessation services increased so even though less people were smoking right. there was actually a, a greater demand for for people um uh to, so, to have so uh, more of a momentum service. right when people see other people quitting there's more of a momentum for them to quit yeah yeah absolutely and there's been a huge kind of um, culture change as well obviously that's been impacted by a lot of the kind of campaigns that, that um, kind of health authorities do but there's kind of there, there used to be a time where where smoking was 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 cool and actually even kind of before that even in like the 1930s to the 1950s you know if the doctors were, were recommending smoking right yeah, if, if you went healthy yeah exactly. if, if you went to go see if you went to go see your doctor and you, you had a complaint you know the doctor would say i, I know your problem you're not smoking enough so you know, even even exercise, right? You know, you you you'd see someone running, and someone would go, well, "What is that strange person running from?" So we, we've we've come a a long way in a in a short period, um, and um, I think people now with the, the certainly you know ex- expectations around um, how to 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 be healthy and and access to especially with kind of technology improving so much, right? People kind of want things on demand. Um, they also want it personalized uh, and rightfully so because technology means we can actually do that now. Yeah, absolutely. So, and with these sort of solutions, AI in this context, 
I sort of feel like, you know, having spoken to David Crane from from um, Smoke Free last week and, you know, a couple of other kind of people in this area, um, there's there's a combination, isn't there, I think, of the technology, but then also the content mm-hmm. that you that you sort of communicate via the technology. So it's all well and good building a conversational system. Mm. But if you're saying the wrong things or you're using the wrong behavioral change theories or principles or philosophies, it's not going to be that effective. So how how have you built up those that content? Um, you know, I think I've got a good a good view on you guys, the, the technological sort of capabilities. Mm, but mm. How, how did you build up and make sure that the theories and philosophies and mechanisms you were using would be effective through Bella? Yeah, so it's a, it's a really great question, a, a very important um, question too, because um, you're absolutely right. The, the content and the kind of healthcare expertise really is um, very important. Right? You, you can have all the best um, technical expertise and, 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 and technical features, um, but without that kind of healthcare side, um, you won't be effective. And the most important thing is, is helping people quit smoking is actually building something that's um, effective. So a solution to health them in providing uh, stop smoking services, these are the physical gold standard face-to-face services um, for more than a decade. And mm. um, everything's kind of based on the, on the NCSCT evidence guidelines and nice evidence guidelines. Um, so okay. that's what our, our advisors are trained on. Um, so they essentially go through a, a training program um, and we've had, um, so to kind of break, break it down, um, we've had, um, there's, there's two kind of different, there's more than two different types of experts, but, you know, we can broadly group um, experts in kind of two different ways. Uh, the, the theoretical experts um, who are, who are trainers and, 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 you know, also spend a, a lot of time in, in kind of university hallways and, and things like that. And then there's the uh, practitioners. So, and we've worked with with both um, the people who've, who've trained stop smoking advisors. You know, mm-hmm. um, shout out! To, I'm not sure they're listening, but shout out to people like Jennifer and Jerusha, who are national trainers, and then they're and they're right. you know um, absolutely you know they've trained literally hundreds of advisors, um, and they've kind of played a big part on on training quit with Bella, on uh, training Bella, and okay. um, and then we we also have um, which I think has been the most kind of exciting part actually is also. I'm getting insight from our um, stop smoking advisors, people who are you know, practitioners actually doing the job day in, day out, um, helping people every day to quit smoking. And, and when you talk to them, you learn um, different kind of techniques that they do and, and also kind of how they deal with different sorts of people, um, people who, who are maybe more nervous or, or people who, who say different things or, or um, have different kind of motivations and um, different kind of um, feelings of, 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 of confidence. Um, and um, kind of understanding, you know, the, the, the choices of, of um, uh, kind of techniques that they use has been really important. So it's the, it's the theory, it's the, it's the, um, then the theoretical experts and, and combining that with, with the actual practical insights. And kind of following on from that, how do you monitor the system? I think maybe it's, it's obviously, you know, within Stop Smoking, it's not, necessarily quite as clinically critical as if you were using ai in a different setting you know like um for example i don't know you know to advise people about what medications to take um or as part of i know that you know there's a lot of use of ai now in um, analyzing mri scans so that you you know in theory they are as effective or more effective than than doctors at finding tumors and things like that but how do you monitor the system to make sure that it's not giving wrong or less than desirable um responses to people yeah yeah absolutely so we're always um kind of monitoring 
um, how betters behaving in, in certain situations, as, as well as monitoring user feedback, which is um, really important. And we kind of work with our, you know, stop smoking advisors and experts to be able to um, keep uh, monitoring that. But but also the the success um, of of better, the, the, you know, understanding if it's working or not, which is probably the most important thing, um, yeah. uh, is uh, very similar to how face to face services run. So essentially. Um, uh, there's a, a something called a, a four-week um, quitter. Um, so that's okay. someone who's, who's gone four weeks um, since their quit date without a cigarette. Um, and then there's a, a 12-week quitter. Um, so Bella essentially um, asks the user every every week, you know, have you had a have you had a smoke-free week? Um, and when they say yes four times in a row, um, they're a, they're a four-week quitter. And they say yes 12, 12 weeks in a row, they're they're a 12-week um, quitter. Um, and uh, we we obviously kind of monitor the the, the uptakes and and the kind of results. Um, from there and um it, you know we, we've actually um had a, a real world evaluation of, of quit with bella done um in in dudley um so okay. dr angela dr angela snowling who's um uh, uh used to be the assistant director of, of public health in slough has done a, a real world evaluation um of quit with bella in dudley um and kind of the, the key the key takeaways from that um have been um quit with bella's been um uh similar as a similar four-week quit rates as the gold standard face-to-face service um has also yeah has, has also that's um, awesome yeah no it's, it's it's been it's been very it's been successful and a kind of testament to um the approach we've, we've tried to, you know we've, we've tried to take and building it and, and always improving it mm-hmm. um and it's also um reached out to to people who wouldn't normally engage in a traditional stop smoking service um you know i remember speaking to a to a pregnant woman who was who was using quit with bella to quit smoking um, and she was she was telling me, you know, look, I, I, I get that I shouldn't smoke, or I, I get it, I get it's bad for me. I, I just fear the judgment of going to see a human advisor who who look at me and think you're such a bad person for smoking while you're pregnant. Um, and and she's found kind of the, the support um, and guidance from Bella has been been really important in, in helping her give up. Um, and and then obviously the, the kind of last takeaway really is, I guess, quite an intuitive one. It's, it's been obviously more cost effective than a traditional um stop smoking service um and we, we're always uh, improving um bella based on um kind of feedback we get um from from um, users one of the key pieces of feedback we got was um okay I, I can talk to talk to this robot expert but but i also want to engage with people who've gone through what i've gone through um so we've um uh, also built bella community so that's a, a community of, of bella users supporting each other um and and yeah that's that's improved kind of its, its efficacy so that's that's quick with bella one one of the um one of the previous guests we had on the show um catherine fogg and she's founder of perla health um which was a, a you know an app-based approach to um pcos polycystic ovary syndrome and um you know i think and there was another another person we had on called max kirsting from regimen mm. which is an app-based way to deal with erectile dysfunction said exactly what you said which is the digital delivery of healthcare allows people to engage with healthcare where otherwise a stigma or a shame would would put them off from actually going to get treated and getting care for that condition um so i I completely agree with you within your community one of the issues that this might not be so relevant within smoking but within some of the other areas that community piece where that's been tested um those guys and and others have said that you know sometimes those communities they start putting forward other random treatments for things you know that aren't great that you know like i don't you know drink bleach and it'll solve it (laughs) not quite as extreme as that but they're they're, you know in in the interest of trying to help each other they end up not really helping each other 
but I don't know quite whether that's really the same dynamic within the quit smoking sort of. Um, so we, we haven't actually had anyone saying we should drink bleach. <laughs> just stop saying. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, that was. That's not specific. You know, it was more indicative but, of the. Of yeah. The yeah. No. I, you know. Um. Absolutely. So we we do have um kind of our, our stop smoking advisors also on better community. Um, so they're there to um, uh, actually give some useful tips to people who are looking for help. Um, um, we found mostly it's a place where people um, kind of support each other and they, they reflect on their um, experience where, you know, um, they, they talk about you know, the, the challenges they've been through, what's helped them um, and, and just giving kind of each other a moral support. And that combined with the with our um, advisors who have been on there, you know, um, has been has been, yeah, quite good. Now, if someone wants to use Quitbella, do they have to be within a certain geographic area or can anyone use it? So um, it's free in, in areas that we obviously have agreements with the local authority to be able to provide okay. that. Um, and then users outside of that, that area, it's, it's, a, it's a charge, yeah. Okay. Um, and what's the charge outside the area? Uh, so it, it's $4.99. Um, so that, that's, um, uh, to be honest, really... You know, we've had some people who, who, who can't pay and we've, we've given them free access. Really, the most important thing is people quitting smoking. Um, but we've needed to kind of make that difference. Obviously, you know, a, a local authority gets it. They, they want it in, in their area. Uh, so, yeah. No, of course. And, you know, 4 is cheaper than a pack of cigarettes, I think. There you go. There you there go. You go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so with, with your other areas, yeah. let's go into detail a bit more about the suite of services that you want mm. to offer on the wellbeing side of things. And specifically how you think you know, AI, this kind of tech, health tech mm. element can help deliver those services. So, you know, wherever you want to start, you, I know you divided it up by age group, but mm. what mm. are the problems that you're trying to solve and, and how are they being solved or you, how are you going to try and solve them with, with AI as opposed to just face-to-face kind of delivery? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, to, to start on, 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 on why, do you, why, why would we want to use a kind of technology and why would we want to use kind of AI um, to, to support people? Really, it's, it's to um, be able to kind of deliver something that's evidence-based, something that can successfully change behaviour. Um, but to make that accessible and engaging, you know, the fundamental question we, we think about is, is how do we make something that's evidence-based um, engaging? Um, and um, so, you know, to, to start really... Um, at the start with the early years um, stuff. So uh, we, we know the kind of early years between, between 0 to 5 are, are formative and, and play a, a critical role in laying the foundations um, for future health, economic and social outcomes. Um, and it's, it's difficult for, for new, I see you, you're, you're a new parent. How, how's, it, how's it been? Uh, you know. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not a new parent. It's not our okay. first radio. Yeah. Before, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, stressful worrying but you know exciting at the same time you know there's a lot of you know you want to make sure that you're trying to do everything you can mm. for the development of your of your child and you know but I don't know you don't want to necessarily I don't know you sort of feel a bit guilty for you know not doing certain things or if you do things where you weren't supposed to do them so you know having some kind of pathway to follow I think would be very helpful yeah yeah so um well Steve you can download Ask Teddy so essentially um, you know, Teddy's a, a, a robot expert across um, 12 um, different different domains. So we really take a holistic approach to the, to the early years um, well-being. Um, there's kind of support on, on breast and bottle feeding as, as well as um, uh, vaccinations and, 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 and being active um, together. One of the most um, we've only kind of um, released the rest of our well-being suite uh, a couple of months ago. So it's, we're still kind of 
early stage, but a lot of the early feedback we've been getting is um, the, the mental health support for new parents on, on early years has been um, a really big. Um, so it's for, the, it's for the parents as opposed to the children or both? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's for the parents. So the parents okay. essentially are parents or, or kind of guardians or any other kind of loved ones um, looking after or, or around um, the, the family um, so they can get kind of tailored evidence-based um, support, um, uh, learn kind of best practice, you know, get get answers to, to frequently asked questions like and, and, and a, a big part of that has been uh, has been the kind of mental health support. Um, so we yeah. call it valuing me on, on um, Ask Teddy. So that's, you know, um, for for the parent um, and, and not just kind of mum's health, but the dad's health as well. I can um, I can definitely yeah. see where we're, you know, with a for first time, first time parents, like mm. that would be really incredibly helpful. Not to say it's not helpful, mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. other for other parents, but particularly the first time when, you know, anxiety is an all-time high and knowledge is at an all-time low yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. something like yeah. that would be would be helpful and that's available to everybody is it or is it still within the local authority yeah so, so kind of uh, all ours are, are kind of within a local authority um area so it's it's, it's live in in thorough um and in slough um but uh, you know so it, it's also been um quite quite important um for um not just uh, of course kind of parents but kind of people around the parents right it can be um sometimes extremely stressful um for the parents but sometimes they they might not be getting the support from others around them or, or they may sure. be getting um told uh, uh some some advice that's not as helpful it might be you know a grandmother saying oh i did this back in my day i think you should do it too and you know so um and a lot of obviously you know there's a shortage of, 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 of nurses in, in general and we know gps are stretched um, and they do get a lot of questions that, um, you know, like, how often should I weigh my baby? Can I weigh my baby again? And there's, there's a lot of kind of concerns and natural um, questions and concerns that, that parents have um, that, that, Teddy, that Teddy deals with. Um, and and there's, a, there's a huge kind of, you know, uh, 9.5% of, of reception age children are obese. You know, the UK has recently lost its measles free status due to a, a fall in, in rates of MMI immunizations. You know, vaccination trust more broadly is kind of out. Uh, you know it's plummeting really so um uh yeah, there's, there's a lot of kind of um uh, uh issues there that, that need um some some support so with something like that which is you know with, sort of quit smoking is is a is a very specific mm. task but something like that that's covers all kinds of different areas from physical health mental health for you for the baby for mm. your partner mm. you know mm. that's a much broader set of concerns so has that involved, you know, a level up in terms of your, your, you know, your AI, your technology to be able to cover all of those effectively? Oh, yeah, it's, it's certainly um, quite different to, to Bella. And we've um, had, um, obviously, you know, um, a lot of support from, from health visitors and, and school nurses and, and other subject matter experts. Um, and really the same, same with, our, with, our, with our other apps as well. You know, we've, we've got, um, you know, Camp Island, which is, um, a game for for ages five to to ten to play for them to learn about kind of healthy healthy changes. Um, you know, we 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 had a we, we were testing that out um, with a, with a family, and um, they usually have they usually have pizza on a, on a Friday night. Um, and their child had been playing, you know, a six year old had been playing Camp Island, and they came in and they, they were like, oh, you know, mum and dad, I, I don't want to eat pizza. Can we have something healthy? Um, and the family were shocked. They're like, "Oh my god, you, you love this stuff!" You know, um, so you know, learning how to kind of be healthy, and that's what that really impacts the the entire family. 
um, and and we obviously for for older adults and and parents um, as well we have we have shape up for life and we have other things kind of developing so I'm really geared around trying to take a, a holistic approach to to well-being and, and being able to provide um, you know accessible evidence-based support on demand that's I think that's incredible with with those with those um because again with quit smoking the, the the sort of the metrics the the evidence that you're basing is very specific it's you know the four week quit the 12 week quit and <clears throat> how cost effective it is as opposed mm. to the face to face service with what you were just talking about then how do you demonstrate value because you're you're delivering such a wide range of support so how do you how have you started to think about generating that evidence to prove the value of what you're doing yeah, re- really good question. So um, we're, we're working with um, Essex and Swansea University to do a, a joint evaluation, also in collaboration with Thorough Council, um, to do a, a joint uh, to do an evaluation of Ask Teddy. Um, so that's looking at kind of uh, has has um, uh, the, the mother been more confident in breastfeeding? Are they um, you know more knowledgeable about certain topics? Um, do they feel um, more confident um, and um, and and able when they're when they're dealing with with certain issues? Um, so uh, a real kind of um, mix of, of, of different kind of quantitative and, and qualitative measures of, of a success. Mm. And you deliver, and we've got to wrap up in a minute, so I just want to ask one final question. Um, but we, you deliver services to workplaces, is that right? So wellbeing services within workplaces. Why, what is it, what, why, why should workplaces focus on wellbeing services in addition to all of the other things that they've mm. got going mm. on? Why should they invest in, in those yeah, yeah. I think um, it's it's so important for um, not just local authorities, but for workplaces to really look after their their people, right? Um, if you if you want if you care about um, the outcomes that you you care about, um, you want to get um, your your um, people to be um, as healthy and as happy um, as they can be, not only to kind of create a culture of of care and and, and nurture, but but also to retain your your talent. Um, you, you know. I've heard stories of, of people leaving um, their workplace because they didn't feel valued. They didn't feel like their um, workplace um, cared for them. Um, we had uh, heard, heard a story from somebody who came from a maternity leave um, and they were working at a, an insurance company um, and, and they left because they, they didn't feel they got um, the support that they required. And they're talking about, you know, if my workplace had given me something like Ask Teddy, that would have you know made a huge impact to show that they actually care about me. Um, and when you can care about people, that you can you can get them um giving giving that you too Perfect. Well, look on that note keshav thank you very much for coming on the show much appreciated thanks for taking us through the world of ai and all the incredible things that you at solutions for health are doing i wish you all the best it sounds like you're doing incredible work and yes and thank you very much to everyone for listening thanks steve Don't stop.